Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. And here in Revelation chapter 12, we're getting into Satan's history. We're getting into something that is very threatening, dark, and I am just so amazed at the Word of God because as we're getting into the Word, we have talked about God's history. We've talked about all that the Lord is doing, and we've seen Him saving. We've seen how He's just been gracious and merciful and will continue to see God's mercy being poured out even today. But now we see from Satan's perspective. Now we're going to look at things a little bit differently. Beginning in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 12, it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and His throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Let's stop right there. Going to try to get through chapter 12, 13, and 14. But we're looking at first the woman, then the child, then the dragon. Those are the first three characters that we're talking about today. The woman, and I've got to just say this is a marvelous and a rich history that takes us through the war of the ages. Because it takes us all the way back when Satan fell. He was Lucifer. He was the most beautiful of God's creation. And he says, I will ascend to God. I will be like the Most High. I will, I will. Five times he says, I will do these things. So his heart was lifted up with pride. And what we learn from verse 4, that he draws a third of the angels. Now that's some while back. Because as we open in the book of Genesis, we see in the Garden of Eden, there is that serpent that fallen Satan, that fallen Lucifer, in all of that. We're going to see that he has taken many, many different demons along with him. But this is the warfare that's going on. And when Satan fell, drawing the third of the angels with him, he now brings this warfare, not only in the heavens, but now even upon the earth in the garden. 
This long war has been culminating. It's going on and on. And we're going to see it reach its final crescendo. It's going to reach this final place. And God is absolutely the king. We see in chapter 11, if you remember last week, verse 14, the second woe is passed. The third woe is coming quickly. The seventh angel sounded and there arose loud voices in heaven. And here's the announcement of the victor. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ and He shall reign forever and ever. We know where this is going. We know what's going to happen, but this section takes us back. It takes us all the way back to creation, all the way back to when Satan fell, and all of those angels. And this is one of the places that we know how Satan got those demons, how they became demons. From Satan's perspective, in chapter 12, 13, and 14, we see how he is going to rise and what he's going to be doing. So that's why I call this Satan's history. Because God is fair. God is just. He shows all sides. But Satan's going to be pouring out his maximum amount of fury upon those who are God's. And God is going to be pouring out his wrath upon the ungodly. So we see this great conflict. This arch enemy of God obviously is Satan. And he's shown here as the great dragon. But who is the woman? The woman is Israel. By the way, it says in verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven. Mega is the word. Megas. And we think of it just in that, that here John is seeing a huge sign. Now a sign is the symbol of a reality. We're driving down the road, we see road signs. It says Cherokee Lane. Well, that sign is not Cherokee Road, but it's telling you where it is. You see, and that's what signs are. Signs are symbols, so we know that this is a symbol of a reality. Israel is a reality. This woman, and by the way, I've given you some handouts and tried to put some of the different uh, information on there so that many of these things will be laid out for you. All of these as the evil... Trinity, all of them come out, all of them are seen today because there is an evil triune working just as God has a great trinity. Well, these appear in heaven, the woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Sometimes Christians have had this idea, well, we're going to have stars in our crown. There are two here that have stars in their crowns. One is this woman. But that relates back to Joseph's dream. Do you remember Joseph's dream way back in Genesis, what's it, 35? And he has this dream of the sun and the moon, his mother and father bowing to him, and the twelve stars. So those twelve stars relate to the tribe of Israel. As Christians... We're not going to have stars in our crown. We may have some jewels. We may have some other things, but no stars in our crown. I love that there's an old song in our heavenly highway hymn book that talks about, will there be any stars in my crown? The other one that we find that has stars in their crown is that old dragon. We don't want to be there. Don't, we don't want to be on that side by any means. Well, 
What does it mean that this woman has the moon under her feet? I would suggest that it relates to many of the Jewish holy days, the Sabbath days. Remember, everything was done by the, the lunar calendar. All of their feasts were all done according to the calendar. And so they would see as the new moon came. And so it relates to that covenant relationship that God had with Israel. And she was a great woman. It's interesting because this woman is about to give birth to the child. And you noticed in your Bible, the word child is capitalized. That's because it's relating to Christ. Well, you saw that. You know who the child is. You know he is the one who is going to come forth and rule all of the nations. Because we already know who wins. We know where this is going. We know who's going to win. So we're not surprised when Israel is a major player in all of this. We're not surprised that Israel is a major idea in these things. That we see that God is faithful to His promises that He made back to Abraham. That He would make a mighty nation. That He espoused this woman. He was married to this woman. If you remember in the book of Hosea, it talks about Gomer. And Hosea the prophet was told to go and marry Gomer for she was unfaithful. And you can look at that and you can see how Hosea was told to go and to buy back his wife. She had been sold off and she had gone after many different lovers. And that's the way Israel was. She wasn't a faithful wife. But God is going to make her a faithful wife. God is going to bring her back just as Hosea went and he brought Gomer back and she was faithful. Well, this faithful woman, it's been amazing how Satan has attacked her from the very beginning. This warfare has gone on and it's a very interesting study if you go from Genesis to Revelation to see how Satan has attacked, tried to destroy the child. Think of it. You have Cain and Abel. Eve says, God has given me a man-child and she calls him Cain. He kills his brother. He can't be the Messiah. She was looking for the promise of God even back then. She was looking to see if God wasn't going to just give her all of the things that she needed. Bring about the redemption. Well, it's interesting because in all of that, Cain kills Abel, but God raises up Seth. The one who is taken in his place. The one who comes in. And then we can go through and see how Abraham is tempted. He's tempted not to rely on a promised child, but he takes things into his own hands and he tries to bring forth a child into this that maybe God would use that child, but that wasn't God's plan. And then we can see through the book of Esther, you see how Haman is trying to destroy the Jews trying to wipe them out, but God has raised up Esther and Haman goes to his own gallows and is killed there. We can go through and we can see over and over how this dragon has come back and tried to destroy the woman. Hi, give me a moment to update you with a bit of information. You can reach us now at schoolofministryresources.org org or biblelandmarks.com you can also reach us at p.o box 837 valley springs california 95252 please contact us with comments questions or to receive handouts and printed material we look forward to hearing from you now back to the podcast 
Satan is a spirit being, by the way. He's not a dragon. Only here in this book do we see him as a dragon. And literally the word is monster. Leviathan is the actual word. We think of a dragon as much more than a serpent. But you think of a dragon as having a great power. Much more than just something that would slither along and you think, oh, how yucky. But a dragon has greater ideas. And here this dragon is red, which speaks of the blood, speaks of the slaughter. Thirteen times Satan is called a dragon in the book of Revelation from here on. And prior to this, we've only known him as that serpent. And we've only seen that he has on his head seven heads, and he has the ten stars in his crown, in his diadem. It's interesting because the woman has a crown, but hers is a wreath. It is the word Stephanos. It's the word for a wreath that a victor would have. And Satan, the dragon, has a crown, but it's a diadem. We're going to talk about what does that mean? What does that symbolize? What's that relating to? Well, it's interesting because Satan, and as we get into chapter 17, we're going to see that he has the seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sits. They are seven kings. Now that's not this woman. This is talking about the harlot Babylon. Five have fallen. One is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. And the beast which was and is not is himself the eighth and is one of the seven and goes to destruction. So we're going to get into more detail. There are seven worldly kingdoms and Satan is ruled over all of them and he has ten horns. Remember the horn is the weapon of the animal. A horn is that which speaks of power. It speaks of strength. So now we're getting the idea of what all of these symbols, what all of these signs are talking about. It's all symbolic language and it shows how God has preserved His people even though the warfare has been going on in the heavens and on the earth throughout. The dragons tried to destroy the son, tried to destroy this man-child all the way through. Think of it. Saul went out to murder David and to end all of the messianic hope, all of that messianic line. Haman, of course, but Esther steps in the way. We can see that also how Satan has come to destroy Israel over and over throughout the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, do you remember the Magi come and they tell Herod how the Messiah was born? And what does he do? He decides he's going to have them all killed. He's just working as Satan's emissary. He has all of the children of Nazareth destroyed under two years because he says, we'll get that Messiah. We'll just get him. He'll be in this great slaughter. We'll just destroy him. The line was always one person away from extinction. And then, of course, Jesus, when he's teaching and preaching, at one point, the Jews wanted to take him and throw him off of the hill of this, where the city had been built. And they wanted to destroy him, and he just walks through their midst. But in God's time, 
This child was not killed as a baby. As a young man, as a teacher, he gave his life. He went at the appointed time. He went in God's time and he gave himself freely. We've talked about how 600 Roman soldiers came to take him in the garden and all he did was speak and they all fell down. We know who was in control. And they crucified our Lord. And Satan thinking, aha, we've got him. But the scripture says, the gates of hell could not prevail. The gates of hell couldn't prevail. In other words, here he is, he walks right in and he gets the keys of hell and of death. The gates couldn't keep him out. And then all of those demons, and by the way, there are a lot of demons. Do you remember when we read that 200 million demons come forth from the river Euphrates. 200 million demons. That's, that's an awesome number. And that's not all of them. Those were just the ones that were released from the pit. Those were just the ones that were held. And we're going to find more. So when it talks about a third of all of the stars that fell, it's a huge number. But God has two thirds of the angels. Only a third fell. Think about those numbers. And here Christ enters into hell and He takes the keys of hell and death and they're trying to hold Him there and consider if there were 200 million that were held, how many would have been trying to hold Him and they couldn't hold back our Savior. They couldn't keep Him down. And Satan tried. They, they sealed the tomb. They put Roman guards there. And one angel, one angel, that's all it took. <laughs> Consider the power and the might of God and Satan is still working, doing all that he can. And you know what? We're going to get over here and we're going to see. Well, let's just read on a little bit. Let's look at verse 7. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. This is still coming. This is future. This is Satan's written history. Hasn't occurred yet. Satan is still the accuser of the brethren. How do we know that that's one of the things that we do? Because it's written, it tells us here. That's what he does. He goes and when you sin, when you failed, he says, Aha, look! Look what this one did. Look what that one did. And he is accusing the brethren. But thanks be to God that Christ is there as our advocate. Said, I died for him. <laughs> Their sins are forgiven. I've washed them all away. And the grace of God is seen in our lives. And the angels cannot understand that. The angels cannot comprehend because there was no grace to the angels. 
So there's coming a war in heaven. And Michael and his angels, those of his realm. You see, there are angels in various realms. And Michael has certain angels in his realm. Mighty angels. Michael is called the archangel. And his angels are mighty. They are strong. And they were able to cast out the devil. By the way, we're going to see that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because this heaven and this earth have been this place of warfare. And everywhere that Satan has touched, God cleanses it. And it's all made new. It's all made fresh. It's all a brand new place where no sin has ever tainted it. How wonderful. That's why, because there is a warfare, Satan knows that he has a little time. This accuser of the brother knows his time is short. Now, if Satan knows the Word of God, and he knows these things, why does he do that? Why is he fighting? Why is he? Think of it. If he can prove God untrue, if he can overcome in one way, in any way, then God's a liar. His word isn't true. None of it is reliable. As a matter of fact, one of the whole purposes of this message I want you to see is that God is reliable. He is trustworthy. His word is true. Prophecy, and we're going to talk about that, prophecy lets us know that these are absolutely so. Well, we've seen how Satan has tried to destroy. He has done all that he can to destroy Israel. And you can think back, you know, in 1492 when Columbus came to the United States, Spain expelled, expelled all of the Jews. In France and Germany, the Black Plague was blamed on the Jews. We know of Stalin and his extermination of the Jews. We know of Hitler and his extermination of the Jews. It has gone on and on and on through the ages. The Roman Catholic Church killed many millions of Jews in Europe because they said, well, they killed Christ. And so they were over and over. The Jews have been said to have destroyed and they have been attacked all at the hands of Satan. All different minions have worked to destroy Israel. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged challenged or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.